Well, today's message is for the choir, so just a reminder, um, very appropriate that we ended on the note of all our hopes and dreams we bring as an offering. So if that's always the case, then we won't fall into the sins of the things we're talking about today. So um, I hope you guys had a great Christmas. Christmas tends to be about family and getting together with people that you love. And um, for, for our family, it was different this year. We, we traditionally um, have a time where we, we used to go to church on Christmas Eve. I, I, I did that for 56 years for candlelight service, and then it just became really difficult when my mom and dad passed away, and we just all felt like we would just have a candlelight service at home. So that's what we have been doing for the last three or four years. This particular year, it changed up some, and so we, typically what we do is we read scripture and we sing songs in between, and people, different people get different turns to sing songs. All the guys will sing something, the girls will sing something, the Elizabeth and Jennifer and Lauren will sing something together. The, gir- the young men will sing something. The old guys will sing something. <laughs> and in between that, uh, we read the scripture. But this year, we changed things a little bit because we, we did um, the Festival of the Nine Lessons and Carols, which basically begins with scripture at the beginning of the Bible and tells the story with a, a lot of it talking about the birth of Christ. And then we sing songs in between. It's just a lot of fun. We have our candles. We, we just have a time of praying together. And then we have dinner together. And so dinner usually separates my generation from the, the younger ones. And we've always gotten the formal dining room, and the younger ones got the breakfast room until two years ago when they outnumbered us and needed more seats. <laughs> so those two things reversed. And um, I remember last year it was like, wow, they seem to be laughing and have a lot more fun in there than we are. <laughs> and so what happened this year, because two or three people weren't able to be with us, um, is we all got to sit together. We all got to sit around the same table. And it was really neat because um, we got to hear some of their remembering stories. Oh, really? I didn't remember that. Or, oh, I didn't know you did that. Um, and so it was really neat to just have that time of reflecting together, hearing what they had to say and remember about their grandparents. Um, I, I don't know what you guys do at Christmas, but it's just a real time of kind of looking back and, and seeing from where you've come. And uh, so today's lesson I started praying about, well, what, what, do we, what do we want to talk about at Christmas time? You know, we've covered hope and peace and joy and love. And I started thinking about this right after Greg's message, and the Lord just gave me this word, remember. And so I've been thinking about remember all week. Um, and so I want to talk about that a little bit and, and how important it is for us. You know, um, we have these times where we tend to remember more often than others, whether it be at Christmas or Resurrection Sunday or New Year's when we look back and then think about things we want to change, our birthdays, um, just, you know, uh, homecoming, 
times like that we tend to remember you know want to stop reflect and remember and that's good uh, the Lord pr- provides those same types of things for us because he knows as humans we can tend to forget and so that's what I want to look at um, I know in the crosswave ministry we we have this process called debriefing um, where you kind of Take time to look and, and assess what you've been through and what's been good about it and what's not been good about it. And we've kind of adopted this byline for debriefing called looking back to live life forward. And that's what the Lord really wants us to, to be good about doing in, in, in the remembering part. And, you know, he sets the example because the Bible says that God remembers. God remembers people. The Bible says God remembered Noah. God remembered Abraham. God remembered David. Uh, He also remembers people that cry out to him. Hannah cried out to him. David cried out to him. Hezekiah cried out to him. He also remembers the people of Israel. Now, he remembers the people of Israel because he remembers his covenant with the people of Israel. But in remembering the covenant, it doesn't always bring salvation and blessing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it brings discipline, mm-hmm. you know, and, and judgment. And he uses, he raises up somebody less righteous than them um, to bring them back to himself. That's basically what happened through all the judges, uh, the times of the judges and, and, and through the kings even. Um, so God is a God who remembers and we're made in his likeness. And so, naturally, he calls us, commands us, admonishes us, exhorts us to remember. And so, I want to look at that today. I want to look at a couple of sins that tend to help us not, that cause us not to remember accurately or correctly. And so, we're going to look at that. It's kind of a, uh, a strange passage, maybe, to start with. It's... Um, it's, it's in Deuteronomy. It's, um, if you want to turn to it, it's Deuteronomy supposedly is written by Moses. It's the 8th chapter. We're going to look at the 10th through the 18th verses. And Moses' own self-description of himself is that he, he's slow of speech and not very eloquent in words. But when you read the book of Deuteronomy, which is made up of, among other things, three really lengthy discourses by a man that, who is slow of speech, uh, who does an amazing job of laying out the history uh, of, of his people, of um, learning how to uh, prepare, really his part is prepare the people. Look, you're getting ready to enter a new place with God. And then so he talks about you know, the commandments and wisdom and instructions for being able to follow God into this new venture into the promised land. Um, so let's just read this particular passage, Deuteronomy 8, 10 through 18. When you have eaten and are satisfied, I guess that happened some this week, didn't it? <laughs> when you have eaten and are satisfied, You shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware, 
lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I am commanding you today, lest when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart becomes proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of flint. In the wilderness, he fed you manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made this wealth for me, made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Um, this particular passage, uh, Moses is really trying to instruct the people how to live with the blessings of God and, and a warning of the danger of not remembering from where the people have come from and from whom the blessings have come. Forgetting or not remembering, whichever way you want to say it, um, is really a malfunction of memory. Um, and so this is what Moses is trying to address in this particular passage because typically what happens is when things are hard, you turn to God. Or when things are hard, you grumble about it, just like the, the children of Israel did. And when things are good, things are good, and we don't need God, and, you know, we kind of tend to forget what, how, how we got here, how, why are things so good. Um, those people whom I used to think were so idiots were a reflection of me. took me about 10 years through my Christian walk to finally realize, oh, he's talking about me in the Old Testament. <laughs> but... Um, so Moses realizes there's this tendency for us to forget, you know, to whine and complain if things get hard and to forget when we're really satisfied and enjoying things. Um, so in this particular thing, one of the, one of the sins of memory is called transience. And all that is, is a big word that means forgetting over time. You know, if you don't write things down, if you don't take a picture, um, it's not quite as clear as it used to be, whatever it is. So we forget over time and uh, unless we safeguard it. And that's what Moses is trying to talk, tell these people here. Transient 
doesn't judge whether something's important or not. It just presumes that if it's important, you're going to make an effort to remember. If it's not, this particular sin just discards it and says, okay, it's not worth remembering. It also causes us, because forgetting over time, we tend to generalize what we remember. Like if I were to ask you, what did you do five Christmases ago? Well, I got together with my family, and we had food, and we opened presents. You know, some of you are really gifted and can just, I'm not that way, but, you know, I don't know what color the packages were. I don't even remember what I got. I don't even remember what I got people. You know, so we can tend to generalize what we remember. Um, But we are rehearsing. Every year you're rehearsing and bringing to mind, you know, through those events. So there is some memory but it may not be as clear as we think it is. Um, And so in verse 10 here, Moses says this. When you're satisfied, what should you do? You should bless the Lord. It's a good case for having the blessing after you eat. But anyway, a lot of times that's what we forget to do. You know, we, we so are satisfied, enjoy things, that sometimes we forget where that provision comes from. You know, if you, if you, so you should bless the Lord and you should keep his commandments. Now, for us in the New Testament, what does that mean? What does that mean to keep his commandments? Do you, do you have the Ten Commandments up on your wall and you check them off each day? Where are they now? They're written on our hearts. Right. And to keep his commandments means basically don't quench his spirit. You know, he wants a relationship with us, not a rule keepers. Rule keepers don't have to have a relationship. They don't have to be emotionally attached. They can just keep the rules and, and go that way. You know, Moses continues. He says, if you don't do these things, watch out. Watch out, lest you forget the Lord your God. All right? And then he gives what happens when you, when you don't do these things. You have homes. You have flocks. You have gold. Everything is more and more. You get more and more stuff. So... There's something that happens sometimes when we get more and more stuff. What happens? We get focused on the stuff. We get focused on the stuff. Instead, and so the person that allows us to be healthy or to have this or to have a place to live that, that keeps us safe, we just can start naming things. And so we begin to trust in the stuff. We begin to to trust in those particular things, and our focus moves from the provider to the provision. Um, So our heart kind of moves into this shifted place, and so we're now assessing our situation in sometimes a different light because we've forgotten that, that God is the one that's brought us to the place we're at. 
That's what he's saying here. When you get in that land, and you get all this, if you forget where it all started and how you got here and who won the, who really won the battle, then you start looking at things a different way. And this sin is called bias. It's a, it's it's when our when we rescript what really happened to fit where we are today. And that's that's another thing that Moses is warning these people about. Don't remember incorrectly. If you rewrite what you remember, then generally what happens when we rewrite things is um, we put ourselves in the best light we we think from what we did or experienced. Now we're in a better light because we don't remember exactly, particularly if it's a place where uh, we didn't do so well. There's a reason for it, you know, there's always this reason. And so what happens is there's a shift in the heart, and now we don't remember accurately or correctly, and our remembering, even if we remember, is biased. It's not true. So what happens here is Moses says, it's really interesting when you read this because it's like, it's almost like verse 15 and 16 it's like some prophet just comes on on the line and says hey let me tell you how it really happened because a lot of times if you have a memory of something and somebody else has a memory and they're not the same there's there's this bias called egocentric bias it's well I remember it better than you remember it we don't suffer from that here at gateway you know with the family and friends and things like that but um, so what happens is you have somebody come in and speak the truth and that's what <coughs> Moses is doing to you. If you go into this place where there's a shift in your heart then by God's grace he brings a prophet. He says this is what really is going on and over and over in the Bible that's what prophets do. They, they, they speak the truth um, whether it's blessing or correction. And so, verse 15 and 16, Moses restates, hey, wait a minute. Let's look at this again because here's the truth. It's he, he, he. If God did it, God did it, God did it. And so if we, you forget that, then... Um, you're beginning to move into a place where you, you can operate in, in the sin of bias. What I like particularly is um, in verse 16, he tested these people. Now that, if you want to look at that, that's in verse 3, just further up in the chapter. He tested them for a purpose. See what was in their heart. Um, has that happened in your walk with God? It, it does. He tests them to see if they would just trust and obey. Will you trust me and obey me? Well, the first time the manna came, they got too much. They didn't trust him. I mean, there's just example after example of how God takes us through these places until we come into this place of really trusting and obeying him. Until we come into this place where we believe that God 
is up to our good. Now, Jessica did an amazing teaching at Crossade a few months back where we talked about um, this particular coming to a place where no matter what your circumstances are, you underneath it all, you have this firm conviction that he's up to your good. And it's amazing because in verse 16, that's what it says, that he might test you to do good for you in the end. He is up to our good, whether it's in discipline or whether it's in blessing. He's looking at the end, and he wants nothing. He has nothing but goodness for us in that particular place. Um, but you know, if you don't heed the true way things should be remembered, um, then verse seventeen goes back to this whole sin of bias. It says, otherwise you may say in your heart, it's my power and the strength of my hand that's made me made me wealthy, made me where I am, made me healthy, made me wealthy, made me spiritual. Anybody ever thought, wow, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual now. I mean, I'm walking the walk. You know, sanctification is grace. It's the grace of God. Now, we need to cooperate, but it's the grace of God that we cooperate. You know, God is so patient, so long-suffering with, with us. You know, he's up to our good. And, uh, you know, unless we remember the fact that where it all starts, it's easy to move into these kind of places in our heart. Um, again, you know, Moses doesn't leave there. In verse 18, he just he restates the truth again here. Remember the Lord your God. It is he who has given you power to make wealth. Now, today we're promised a different kind of wealth. Riches. Our riches is an inheritance of being his children. Um, it's interesting because God, because he's so good and he gives and blesses, sets himself up to be forgotten. So when you're satisfied, there's a tendency, you know, to um, shift there to be this heart shift. When things are difficult, you know, that's God's way of helping those of us that are believers draw, draw back to him. So, what are we supposed to do to guard against these things? Well, God gave the people in the Old Testament the law. He used to obey the law, the statutes, the ordinances. Um, but it wasn't to be just rule keeping. That's the whole thing. God's heart has always been that they would listen to his voice. If you go to the, I didn't, I didn't read the 20th verse of this particular thing but listening to his voice has always been his heart um, for us not quenching the Holy Spirit listening to what he's saying and so the reason the, the word remember and remembrance in Old Testament and New Testament language the Old Testament word is zakor and the New Testament word is Animith, animithis, 
Yeah. But the word has this implication that when you remember the past or whenever you remember something, it is a remembering that that brings change. Mm -hmm. It's not a remembering of fact. Mm -hmm. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a remembering that makes change in our life. And that's what the scriptural value of remembering is and what we are admonished to do is that when you re when the children of Israel remember their exodus that they remember God not that just they just remember about the exodus but what happens a lot of times when we celebrate things is we just kind of remember but it doesn't bring near the past in such a way that it reinforces and refreshes and reminds us of where we've come. Um, so God, there's lots of things he calls us to remember in the Bible. He calls us to remember his word. He calls us to remember his wondrous deeds. He calls us to remember his covenant. He calls us to remember the poor. He calls us to remember the saints of old as examples to inspire us. And also people that we would learn and be cautioned from. The New Testament says, remember Lot's wife. That's not to be lightly, but it is, it is a warning and a caution. And so... Today is kind of just a, a call for us to learn to and, and guard ourselves that we, we remember um, correctly. Um, and why, why do you think God calls us to remember? Well, it's because of, remember, verse 16, to do good for us in the end. Um, you know, there's, there's one commandment that remember is in. What commandment is that? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now, why in the world is that commandment in there? There's a lot of reasons, but one reason is, and Jesus stated this in the New Testament, that, that man was not made for the Sabbath, but what? The Sabbath was made for man. God gave the Sabbath not only as a time for rest, but as a time of refreshing. And that refreshing was to be in the Lord. And God said, you know, we need to have a day every week, at least one day, where people draw near, lest they forget. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but an idol can pop up in less than a week. And it doesn't, it doesn't take long, you know, you know, things, there's a disconnect with God or you're having a difficult time and so you look for other ways of, you know, coping with things. And all of a sudden, by Thursday, there's a little bit of an idol there. So God, who made us, knew our nature and said, we're going to have at least one day a week. You know, the higher call is that we walk with God every day. We remember him every morning. We remember 
But so the Sabbath was made for man so that man would remember. Now, the Sabbath, Sunday can be a ritual. We can come here, you know, we can sing songs. We can kind of go through this so we can eat together. Um, but, you know, it's a time to connect with God. God first, one another second. And so it needs to be a time where God is made real and alive, not a time that we go through motions. And so, as I, as I said, you know, I'm kind of preaching to the choir, but, you know, the, the church in America, a lot of it is ritual now. There's no life in the ritual. And so God says guard against that. Guard against that particular thing because God knows that I'm prone to leave the God I love. What does is, what is the Sabbath do? It's a time to praise him and him to draw near. It's a time, it's an opportunity for God to convict me when I got something else as the priority in my life. Isn't it wonderful to have a, a daily time when he can, you know, when you say, here I am. My hopes and my dreams, here they are. Well, then he can say, well, that particular dream right there, you're not really giving that to me. You're hanging on to that, you know, or this particular hope. I mean, that's the goodness of God. He could just let us go on and follow after that thing, you know, and then we find ourselves in this place that maybe it's a long way back to God. Um, I, I just encourage us, you know, take the opportunity to when we remember God that we remember the fullness. You know, for us, for, the, for th those people, it was the exodus out of Egypt. For us, Jesus had another remember, and this is a week early, but I'll just lay it out there and maybe we can talk about it a little bit more next week. But Jesus said, do this then in remembrance of me. That's what everything about for our life where we are, needs to point back to that cross and that sacrifice. Everything. Who am I without that? Who am I? That is our exodus. That is our salvation. And lest we forget the grace that comes from that, um, we too will be just like the, the children of Israel once they got in the promised land. And so, God in his goodness has commanded us to remember and that he calls us to remember aright. And so uh, today's message is mainly a, a time for just reviewing that and reflecting upon it and that we use the safeguards that he gives us, which is devotion to him um, and not quenching his spirit and following hard after God. If we do that every day, we will be preserved and we won't move into those kind of places where we have a kind of a malfunction in our memory of remembering things incorrectly. We'll guard our hearts from being lifted up, you know, as though um, it was by my own strength that I become, I've become who I think I am. When heart gets lifted up, 
God calls us to humble ourselves. I just, I've never learned to do that the way I intend to do it. <laughs> Bless the Lord. book that I used and it was this morning, it was for today and it was under the category of um, uh, God has made all things new, it's Psalm 111 mm-hmm. and, it's, and the whole thing is all about remembrance, so I'm just going to read that last sure. Psalm 111, praise the Lord I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people how amazing are the deeds of the Lord all who delight in him Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works, how gracious and merciful is our Lord. He gives food to those who fear him. He always remembers his covenant. He has shown his great power to his people by giving them the land of other nations. All he does is just and good, and all his commandments are trustworthy. They are forever true, to be obeyed faithfully and with integrity. He has paid a full ransom to his people. He has guaranteed his covenant with them forever. What a holy, awe-inspiring name he has. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. Who can say it better than God himself? Mm -hmm. Isn't it just beautiful? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Bill? 